Hello everybody, happy Monday, it's Michael Martin, thanks for being here. So today I want to talk about risk-adjusted returns. If you are on social media and or are part of groups or God forbid a chat room, you might hear people talk about absolute numbers, rates of return, this and that. <clears throat> and the thing is, is that a number, I don't know, say any number, 18%, what does it mean? I mean, I know what 18% is, I know what it looks like from last week or last month, last year. But what there's no context because the rate of return isn't enough context itself. So what you have to ask yourself is what, what risk do you need to take or had been taken in order to achieve that rate of return? So for those of you, especially those of you who want to be getting, <clears throat> excuse me, or will be soliciting other people for money, so that you can run other people's money and collect the incentive fee and maybe even a management fee. They're not just going to look at 18% as an absolute. They're going to look at, and I've been in these meetings, what did the person need to do to get that? All right? And there's, there's trade-offs to make because, again, they're going to be looking to see. Now, again, if you're talking with retail investors, they're probably just going to be look even high net worth people, they're still retail. They're going to be looking at absolute rates of return and probably comparing you to a benchmark. To me, that's that misses the point. And that's probably good for you in that they won't have these kind of sharp pencil kind of questions. But to me, you ought to speak to everybody about risk-adjusted returns because that says, here's, what, here's how I create the alpha. Here's how I make the money. Here are your returns for the risk that I was willing to take. And you have to be too because it's your money. So from my chart reading prowess or my system-generated orders, here's the rate of return. You could break down what the sharp ratio means. You could talk about Sortino. What I have found is that if you're speaking even with high net worth people, they kind of glaze over, you know, because it's not really their paradigm to know this kind of stuff. But if you could break it down and say it in English without even saying Sortino, without even saying sharp, like this is a great exercise, right? Can you say this so that a person who's, 16 years old will understand it, then you're onto something. Then you're probably in the realm of becoming a really good communicator. And that helps because the more technical and the more specific that you get with your audience, the more confused they're going to be. And if they're confused, guess what they're not doing? Right. They're not signing on the dotted line, at least not then. So you can keep things super simple and just explain things in English. Say, here's the risk we're taking and here's what it would look like. If you were going to do this just in the S&P, blah, 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 here's what it would have looked like. But with me, here's how it works. And here are the trade-offs. And spell them out very, very clearly, especially the downside. So let's get an example going here. If someone is taking on and trading, you know, 150% of their capital and they can only pull down 5%, I say only, 5% is better than nothing, an allocator might look at that and say, <clears throat> I see these this leverage and I see this return. The return is not necessarily commensurate for the risk that was taken. And the way we look at risk is, again, we're thinking we smell smoke, it's a five alarm fire. We have to protect our capital because it's not even their capital. It's their capital to you, but there's a client behind there somewhere that's going to maybe also very, very sophisticated investor. 
and they're going to need some explaining. So you might be actually taking on too, too much risk for too little return. So that whole Pareto efficiency thing is out the window. That puts you in a bad light in the short run. Because at that point, they can't tell if the 5%, they might be like, wow, super lucky. Can't ascertain if the person can create alpha. But we certainly know that they got away with murder here. And for the risk that they were willing to take, that they actually were taking, they could have put themselves in a spot for a 20% drawdown. And that's beyond what we're looking for in the short term. So when someone says, again, 18% rate of return, you have to be super careful about what it is that you're doing to get that. The number's fine, right? Number is what it is, but not if you have to take on a gigantic amount of risk. Let's take it the other way. If you were able to get 18% rate of return and you know you only had one position on and it was your Google that you've been owning for the last five years, they're not going to look at that 18% as being bona fide. Yes, of course, it's a number. It's in your account. might be realized, unrealized gain. But that's not creating alpha per se. That's an largely looks like an investment to them. And although it's up and your clients might be happy that you would get for someone who's making an allocation, that doesn't look like a trader who's creating alpha by managing risk. And two, you have to take into account what kind of money Again, what kind of margin balance, what kind of leverage are you using to get that rate of return? Because that's what they're going to focus on, even though they might not tell you. So, you know, hear me now, believe me later, that whenever you see peacocking on the internet or, or people puffing up their chest, um, it's very, very rarely in the world of allocators a name of a business of dollars and cents in that regard. They're looking at rates of return. They're looking at what's the overall amount of risk that you had to take. And they're also looking day by day, what is the volatility on your account uh, from one day to the next in terms of rates of return? How is the account growing? And more importantly, what does the daily drawdown look like in percentage terms? So typically, you want that to be very, very small if you're going that route. So you might use this information to start kind of like carving it out of stone a little bit more and measuring your own behavior is that sure if you're going and gunning your portfolio for 100 percent return anybody can do that right amateurs can do that and they don't even know they're doing it but when you do that you're inviting yourself to 40 50 60 percent drawdown and i know people because i get the emails on their despondent because they didn't think it could happen they thought things were going to keep going they thought the market was going to sell off they think you know again Powell's crazy and they're putting their thesis and they're in their will because they're kind of fighting back. They think they're negotiating with Chairman Powell by putting on big bearish bets in the market because they don't like the way things are going. In the end, you have to trade the tape. All right. Market's going up. You have to be long. Um, that's all I have for today. Any questions or concerns, you know where to reach me. If you'd like a free copy of the audiobook version of my book, The Inner Voice of Trading, go to martinchronicle.com. It's there for you. It's waiting for you right there. Don't make it wait. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next episode.